Andy and Mike have just asked me to share about something that's on my heart or God's talking to me about at the minute. And um, God has been talking to me um, in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. So I'd love to just take a look at that this morning and look at the race and perseverance. I'm going to read it now. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I don't know if you're like me, but when I first came to this verse for comfort and encouragement recently, it made me feel tired and exhausted. The last two years have been intense and to be honest, a race, endurance, perseverance, I felt, like, I felt like I had to cultivate some sort of energy to propel me forward. The last year or so, I found myself just being able to put one foot in front of the other, let alone run. But the writer wrote this to help us and encourage us. Maybe you've lost direction. Maybe you felt like giving up, feeling spiritually a little bit empty or dry, Perhaps like me, you just need some encouragement. The first thing to be encouraged about is that we are not the only ones that have felt this way. We're not alone. In Hebrews 11, just before this, the writer lists some of the heroes of the faith that endured. Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, David, the list goes on and on. And then straight afterwards here in Hebrews 12, It tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. A lot of the time I've heard this verse, I've understood it to mean a great crowd of witnesses watching us, cheering us on. Think the ultimate fire tunnel, if you're charismatic and you know what that means. But they're cheering us and watching us on. But actually, they're examples to us, not onlookers to us. They're witnesses to us of faith and endurance in all they've lived and experienced. We have these examples in these stories of the Bible of a whole bunch of people who had made difficult choices to choose to walk in faith when all looked lost, who were weary, who were discouraged, who'd lost heart, and they faced down giants and endured. Noah was asked to build a boat in the middle of a desert without a drop of rain or water in sight. In her old age, Sarah was promised a baby. Joseph was sold into slavery and Moses took on an Egyptian pharaoh. These people knew what it was to have faith when the odds were against them and to keep going. Maybe in your life you can think of your heroes of the faith. Maybe people in our church, people in our family. Often their story is never, I've had an easy life. Often it's they've had tough times, but they've learnt to trust God in the good times and when things don't look how we thought they should. So how can we have a depth of faith like this? 
the scripture tells us to throw off anything that hinders or entangles us. Because we know really that if we're trying to run hindered or entangled, we will get weary. Um, Tom and I used to live in um, London before we moved to Watford and we'd often go down to watch the London Marathon to cheer everybody on. You know the scene, it's such an exciting place, just a sea of lycra. And uh, in the midst of that, as we were watching the race, we noticed there was this one guy that chose to uh, um, do the whole 26.2 miles, I think it is, with a tumble dryer strapped to his back. It was literally incredible. It was just this giant guy. And, uh, but he shuffled under the weight of this thing for like six hours. Honestly, it was just incredible. But maybe you can relate to him trying to run your race with a, with a ton of weight on your back. This idea of throwing something off, let it go, run. The writer here is telling us there's a different way to live. Jesus has made a way that we don't need to be entangled by sin, that you can run in freedom, that we can trust him. As a church, sorry, what is it that's holding you back? What is it that I need to let go of to run my race without hindrance? Maybe you're carrying hurt, unforgiveness. Maybe it's disappointment. Are there things that we need to bring to Jesus today to help us run? As a church, we've been doing prayer and fasting on Friday, as Mike mentioned, and um, this Friday coming up. And we've been um, looking at fasting food, but another way we can do this is fasting things that get in the way of our time with God, something that hinders us. Pretty much every Lent I've chosen recently that I've had to fast social media. The amount of times I've found myself watching strange DIY home improvement things, or a real niche at the minute is jet washing patios. Have you ever watched them? They're so satisfying. Bit strange. But after about an hour of that, you realise how on earth did I get here? What on earth am I doing? And hurry and distraction are huge for us. Did we all read the elimination of hurry and lockdown? I don't know, maybe it was just me. But I know for me, when I'm feeling distant, it's so hard to shut out the noise and hear God. John Mark Comer writes in The Elimination of Hurry, attention is the beginning of devotion. The world values hurry and rush and busyness. It wants our time with God to just be another tick list. But God isn't a moral lifestyle or a self-help book. We don't follow something. We follow someone. He's a father, a saviour, someone we have relationship with. God's been speaking to me a lot recently about um, not confining him to 10 minutes of the day, to pay attention to his presence, watch him turn up in every part of my life when I look for him and I abide in him, see how his presence changes things, see how his presence changes what you're facing. Sometimes we know these things, but sometimes we need reminding. The next part of this verse tells us we do not run alone. It doesn't just say run, but it says let us run. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hindered and let us run. 
We've all just spent the better part of two years in isolation. How was that? I mean, if we didn't know it before, the need for connection with people was so much more important. We had Zoom gyms, Zoom quizzes, Zoom connect groups. And if I'm honest, a Zoom connect group sounded like the most awkward night of my life. And sometimes it was. But honestly, by the end of the year, it had become a lifeline. The amount of times I came away with like a changed perspective or a word of encouragement. It's just as important now, now that we're gathering together again. We're not just called to run the race ourselves, but to encourage others also. God gives us people to run alongside, and we run together. He also gives us the Holy Spirit. We're not meant to do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own strength. In John 14, 16, it says, Jesus says, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he might abide with you forever. When we feel alone, remind ourselves we are not. The Holy Spirit helps us run our race. So don't give up, it says. Run with perseverance. One thing we can be certain about in my limited knowledge of running is that you will have to move. Each of us have a race to run. To run involves some effort and commitment and perseverance. When David faced down Goliath, if he had just turned up with some really good intentions and watched a quick YouTube on sling warfare, he would have been floored by Goliath. But he had spent years in the fields protecting sheep from predators. Day in, day out, he had been preparing in the fields. When Jesus went into the desert and was tempted, he knew the scriptures. He'd studied them, learnt them, so that he wasn't facing his enemy alone. He'd given himself tools and weapons, training for the race ahead. So often when we feel like giving up or overwhelmed or like we can't go on, it's then we rely on our training the most. We know that you can't just run 26.2 miles a marathon off the couch. You can't just decide to do that tomorrow. You collapse of exhaustion. Some of us could do a little bit better than me. But sometimes we have to persevere in our spiritual lives. Know his word, pay attention to him, even when it's dry, training us to walk in his ways. We can't expect to know God without spending time with him, and then we can trust him. The Bible often talks about our Christian lives as a journey, a path, a way. It talks about a journey rather than arriving at something. Often when we're asked about our lives, we give the headlines, the big stuff that's happened to us. But really what makes us is the small stuff, the small decisions and choices that shape our lives. Often perseverance can just look like putting one step in front of the other, choosing to come to God again and again, to trust him with the next step, to keep going. Trust that just as he did with David in those fields, tending his sheep, God is preparing you, shaping you and growing you. Our spiritual lives can be like anchors. You don't always notice them unless the boat drifts. 
When the wind blows and the waves pick up, the anchor holds us firmly in place. We are rooted in Him. Because we know the race gets tough. The word actually used here is also used for conflict and a struggle. We're told in Romans 5 verses 3 to 4, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Suffering is part of the race, but God can take suffering, something that at first looks like it will destroy us or even take us out of the race completely. And in a way that only God can do, it can actually grow spiritual muscles we never knew we had. At these times when it's far easier to give up, we see God takes us further than we ever thought possible. Allow God to deepen our faith. The promises he doesn't leave us. He is faithful. I love the way that the preacher Charles Spurgeon says, God is too good to be unkind. and He is too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trace his heart. The scripture tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Have you ever seen a ballet dancer's feet or the hands of a guitarist when they first start to play? Both are shredded to pieces. You can see the ballet dancers literally bandaging up their feet before another day of training. But have you ever seen a ballet dancer dance and a guitarist play? The result is beautiful. The end goal is worth it. Because we don't actually persevere because we're headstrong or because we've willed ourselves forward. We persevere by fixing our eyes on Jesus and running towards him. Jesus is the ultimate witness to our faith, witness to us of faith and endurance. When we fix our eyes on him, all striving cease. The beginning and the end he began and finished the race. We run to him because we love him and in him is fullness of life. We know there's nothing else that can satisfy. We've recently been teaching our eldest, Sonny, um, to ride his bike. And often when we're just at that point where we're about to let go of his saddle, we have to remind him, we have to shout, look ahead, look where you're going. Because inevitably, if he gets distracted or he looks at something or looks down at his feet or where he's pedaling, he just wobbles and inevitably he just falls off. When Jesus calls out to Peter, when he's coming out of the boat and he's walking on water, when his eyes slip from Jesus, he feels himself slipping to fix our eyes on Jesus means we have to look away from other things. Perhaps you have some things that you're facing right now. Some circumstances, perhaps fear and uncertainty are all you can see. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on water. We can do things that we thought were impossible. We can throw off sin that has entangled us maybe for years. Perhaps we can also hold on to faith in the midst of doubt, to trust when we can't see, to run when we're weary. Because Jesus thought we were worth it. It says, for the joy that set before him, Jesus was able to endure the cross because he understood what was ahead. He died for us. He died that we might have life to run our race.
the passage ends with, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. We have a father that has run his race and endured so that we can not just endure, but bear fruit. Don't lose heart because God never gives up on us. Often, God seems to go a lot slower than we think it should. We might start to think that some of those things we thought we heard from God were wrong. You get all the build up at the start of your Christian journey. At the beginning of the race, the starting gun goes off and it just feels like you're in slow motion. It's not a sprint, it's an endurance race. To endure in a race means you can look back and see that you've covered some distance. Be reminded of how far you've come today. We're not the same as when we started. Look back and see how God has been faithful. In Hebrews 11 verses 1 it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We entered into this life with Jesus by turning away from faith in ourselves and how we thought it should go to put all our faith in Jesus. So what does that mean for us today? Some of us feel like we're literally building our boats in the desert. You've heard God speak, you show up, you're at church each week, you're seeking his face, but the promise of rain feels so far away. Some of us might be facing down giants of ill health, finance, doubt. Some of us have been promised things that they've been waiting on God for years, like Sarah. Can we pick up again? Can we dream again? Can we start again? Rise up, people of God. So often in life, we want God to airlift us out of our problems, but he comes to us in the midst of us. Often he parachutes in to be with us. We're called to persevere with our eyes fixed on him. So today, my prayer is that you'll be encouraged again that you would have God-given courage to run towards Jesus. May we be a people that are full of faith and also a people that know what it is to be faithful. Be inspired again, encouraged again, to get up and run again. And as you draw close to him daily, that you would begin to recognise his voice in the storms, his direction in the next step, and his heart in the waiting. Do not grow weary or lose heart. He is faithful.